0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com, that's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Hello listeners, welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 319 of Sustainable Minimalists. On today's show, we are discussing what research says is the connection between minimalism and well-being. There are lots of stories online, lots of testimonials online, lots of anecdotal evidence discussing the ways in which a minimalist, less is more lifestyle can improve our overall health. But today, instead of talking about anecdotes and personal testimonials, I first wanted to examine what research actually says about the benefits of minimalist living on our health. Here today to help me do this is Jerry and Shannon Arner. They are bloggers and podcasters over at arneradventures.com. And so Jerry and Shannon are here today to help break down what science says about minimalism. And then they are here to also apply those minimalist living benefits to their own experience. Now, they have quite a phenomenal story as to how they found and embraced Minimalism. I'm not going to ruin that story for them. I'm going to let them tell it to you. Jerry and Shannon, so thrilled to have you on the show. How are you? We're great. We're great. We're so excited to be a guest on your show. We're big
1: fans of the show and learn so much from it.
2: Just really excited to be here. Yeah. It's all, it's just something to, when you've been a fan of somebody for a while, to be one of the guests all of a sudden. We've We've been listening to all the other ones. This is really fun.
0: Yeah. I'm thrilled to have you on and I want to start by learning more about you both. How did you find yourself interested in minimalism? How did you find yourself blogging about the lifestyle? Maybe Shannon, you can start us off with this one.
1: Sure, and I will give the very abbreviated version because I could go into that for a while, but in a nutshell, Jerry and I, we owned our own business in the pet industry. And we grew very fast. We had it for a number of years, but once we grew to what we thought was going to be the goal, oh my gosh, we're covering all these cities, and we have all these staff. And on paper, financially, everything was so great. Why are we not happy? And we had a a house that was, I I guess, for considering to, to most people, maybe where it's on the smaller side, but for us, was much larger than what we needed. We are a couple who doesn't have kids by choice, and we just found ourselves just not well physically nor mentally, and we found that we were just constantly buying stuff to fill space because we felt like that is what success was. I think we were constantly comparing ourselves to what what does our neighbor have? What does the person in the neighborhood have? Oh, they have this new thing. We need it too. So, anyway, we suffered a lot of burnout. I had a mental breakdown. It was tons of anxiety, depression, just spiraling. And we knew that something had to change because we were not going to make it. In the span of less than a month, we sold our business, we sold our house, we sold most of our belongings and moved to the coast and we were just living a life that we thought was supposed to make us happy and it didn't. So leading to ourner Adventures, we, when we did all of that, people thought they were watching a train go off the rails. We were trying to heal and we started the blog. We started the blog as a a journal. We're on this adventure and let's just blog about it because we're tired of answering the questions.
2: Well, yeah, and to add to that too, when when you get caught up in a lifestyle like that, running your own business, which we had really little experience in, and then you don't realize the sort of 24-7 aspect of doing that. I think it was easier not to make a lot of good mindful decisions when it came to Purchasing things, you, you tend to go a little, maybe a little bit more on on impulse, and it was just like you're working and spending and working and spending, and yeah, we did find ourselves just. What are you going to do when you're not work? Spend the money that you worked for, you know. Hmm.
0: Yeah, as you both are talking, I'm thinking about in so many ways. You two are the quintessential success story right? You started a business. It grew very quickly. It was successful, but still something was missing. Shannon, you mentioned you experienced extreme burnout, a mental breakdown. And in a consumerist society, we're told that when something doesn't feel right inside, the solution lies in buying something in our external lives. That seems like the quicker, easier fix than doing the probably harder work of sitting with the discontent and really figuring out inside what's wrong. I definitely don't think that minimalism is the one-size-fits-all cure for everybody, but I do think minimalism might help. So let's talk about what the research says when it comes to living with less and well-being. And this is, I've experienced it. We're going to talk about your experience as well, but clutter, so stuff, we fill our homes with stuff because we think it's going to cure the discontent, but it doesn't cure the discontent. It might in in the short term, but in the long term, it does not. Multiple studies find that there is a link between materialism, so having a oversized focus on stuff, and loneliness. So I'm wondering, you said your business grew, you bought a lot of stuff. Did loneliness come into play at all for either of you? Maybe, Jerry, we'll start with you on this one.
2: I, I think so. I think so. Because while you're dealing with a lot of people all the time, we had a lot of clients and I did appreciate them. It can be a little bit of that kind of feeling where you can sometimes feel your loneliness, your loneliest when you're amongst a crowd of people, because maybe your closest relationships don't have the time that you need to nurture them, or you're not even thinking about that or paying attention to that. You're just offhandedly maybe talking to the people that you are closest to, but you're dealing with so many other people.
1: We, I think I could speak for both of us, definitely myself, was living an inauthentic life. So while I kept purchasing these things and saying, oh, we what we really need is one of those big flat screen TVs that fits above the fireplace and let's have it installed. And we were never home to watch it and we couldn't enjoy it, but I had to have it because someone else had it. And then I could pretend that I was happy. I cannot believe how exhausting it was. And it is when you are so inauthentic, when you're not being your authentic self. And I sure wasn't admitting to someone, oh my gosh, we are really struggling. You're not going to admit that. And so we just bought more stuff. And I think about our big Christmas parties. We were stressed to the max and couldn't afford. Christmas parties we were having. It was just crazy. And yet I think we were definitely at our loneliest. Jerry brings up that now that we live much smaller, we interact with people by saying, hey, can we borrow your shovel? We don't have a shovel. Why do we need one when you use it once a year, once every two years? So we interact with our community and embrace the community sort of camaraderie where i remember coming home and pretending i was on my phone so i could avoid the neighbors.
0: <laughs> and that's lonely. That is that's really sad. Yeah, i'm just thinking about something that i feel soul deep, which is that there are surface level interactions, surface level relationships and then there are the deeper ones. When it comes to loneliness, what is the cure for loneliness? It is to have those deep and interpersonal connections with other people. I would assume that for you two, with a booming business, a lot on your plate, a lot of responsibilities, also perhaps a lot of stuff to manage, take care of, organize, service, etc., you don't you simply just don't have the time to nurture those deep interpersonal relationships, and I'm totally stretching and reaching here. I have no idea about your (laughs) social calendar. But just for me personally, I would say, again, when we look back on our lives, are we going to think about the stuff we own or are we going to think about the people we love? And so it's going back again to what's most important for you, what's the most important for me, and I think almost always what's most important is the people. It's not the stuff, it's not the handbag, it's not the boat. All right, so let's move on to some more research because I just love a little bit of research. Multiple studies have found that there is a connection between living simply, so voluntarily living simply, not living simply because funds force you to live simply, but living simply on purpose because you can. So there's a connection between that and greater overall well-being. So Shannon, my question for you is how has living a simpler life, moving to the coast, paring down your home, all the changes that came with that, how has that correlated for you or created for you a greater sense of well-being?
1: Well, we always say that we live minimally so that we can experience fully. We were never able to travel we were na- we just we if we were outside it was really for work we were never able to embrace and enjoy it so for me I was walking i started exercising and when i made that change my well-being obviously changed i lost close to 70 pounds from the lifestyle change so you did talk about how this is not a one size fits all it is not for everyone and no it's not this lifestyle is not we did choose it and we love it But for me, when I look at, wow, I started working on myself physically, mentally, started getting therapy and really digging into who I was. And I never did that before. And it is for me because there's not so much clutter. There's not so much stuff that I'm worried about. It's really downsizing and saying, okay, what is important? What's important is, yes, looking back on this life and having a life to be able to extend it and hopefully live a long life. And one way was getting control of my health and controlling it. I was able to finally do because I was living a more simpler life.
0: We're going to take a quick break, Jerry and Shannon. But when we come back, we are going to continue our discussion with regard to minimalism and its effects on our well-being. they wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainablepodcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash podcast. And we're back. Today, I am speaking with Shannon and Jerry Arner. They are lifestyle bloggers of arneradventures.com, and we are discussing the connection between minimalism and well-being. And what we're really hoping to do today, and I think we're succeeding, is we are connecting the research with real-life examples. We're on to the clutter and stress Conundrum. Research has found time and time again that clutter impacts our mental health in a negative way. That has been well documented for anybody listening who experiences a heavier mental load when their house is in disarray. That's what we're talking about. Research supports that phenomenon. And I should say here too that. The person who is traditionally in charge of keeping their home clean, tidy, decluttered experiences the brunt of the negative effects. Psychologists would say they have increased levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. And even in 2022, even in today's world, at least in my house, that tends to be me. That tends to be the woman. So Shannon, this question is for you. You pared down your belongings, you pared down your home significantly. Number one, were you and are you the traditional home tidier in your home? And if so, how has your well-being increased as the amount of stuff you've had decreased?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I read that same study about the cortisol levels and did sort of associate that with a blame while we were unhealthy on a lot of things, but I definitely think it played a role, especially for me. I w- the answer to that is yes. I would say that I am the one who is definitely affected more by an untidy home. And I am the person who cannot start my day until things are tidied up in the home. It is much easier nowadays we have great schedule that Jerry does participate in because we do have those conversations about, we read the books together, we read the studies together, and we did have conversations about this is affecting this and this lifestyle is going to be so much better for our health and there's less to clean. And so we do divide things up now. Jerry definitely helped then too, but it, yeah, the brunt of it was definitely, I think, on me. And yeah, we now get things clean and very quickly because there's not as much, there's not as much overwhelming stuff to take care of.
2: Yeah. We're pretty well practiced. I think now in our cleaning and we got a good balance and yeah, we're pretty swift with it. Get it done and get outside.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You literally have less to clean and tidy. Right. You, You act, you're actually giving yourselves the gift, the priceless gift of more free time by living in fewer square feet to clean. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Yes, I think about the way it used to be and we had all these tchotchkes sitting around from all these places and oh, people would give us gifts so we have to keep that. Oh my gosh, yeah, now, and Jerry did bring this up earlier, when we have something, which I don't even really have anything around me, I'm just trying to think of things that mean something, the little things or the things that we thought had meaning sitting all around, I couldn't even tell you now what they were. And we were dusting and making sure we were taking care of it and all of these things to covet these just things that just kept us, yeah, from, from enjoying being outdoors and active because we were spending all weekend cleaning them.
2: I was always the duster too because she suffered from asthma and in the beginning part of that, I was glad to do it to help her, but I thought, boy, this dusting is complicated. So we used to have like big old bookshelves and there's everything on it and you go, oh my God, and you go into the littlest things and dusting every little thing. Now we just have our basic, very basic bookshelves with a few valuable things around them. But so as the duster, yeah, I was able to, I've been able to streamline it over time. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just want to say too here that it's, you guys are talking about dusting and cleaning and that's for sure, but it's also in getting the newest thing and maintenance it, maintaining it. I'm thinking about my family's move from our 850 square foot city apartment I thought all my problems would be solved if we lived in a nice big house in the burbs. We could spread out. We could have a yard, et cetera, et cetera. But that really isn't reality, or it wasn't reality for me. Taking care of the yard. Oh my gosh, it's fall. So fall cleanup, that kind of stuff, just maintaining what we had, and not so much in a cleaning way, but just in a, okay, this is what we have now, so this is what we have to do type of way. The maintaining of the stuff takes away precious free time. Who wants to spend a whole weekend raking? Not me, but here we are doing it. Jerry, my next question is for you, and this is not rooted in research, but it's rooted in my personal experience. I have found personally that when I embrace minimalism, so a less is more lifestyle, it allows me to Recenter myself on the aspects of my life that I find most valuable. So it, that's a fancy way of saying minimalism enables me to appreciate and really truly enjoy the things in my life that are most important to me. It's my kids, it's my family, it's being in nature. That in turn, I believe, so refocusing on my core values, my core self has improved my well-being. I do believe I don't have any science to back that up, but I do believe it. Has that been true for you in your life?
2: I would say most definitely. And it was not a night and day change, but a progressive uh, kind of thing. I, I think I take a lot more time to reflect on things like how did that portion of my life turn out that way? And maybe when you age, you get a little bit older, you do that anyway. But now I think we both take time to maybe be reflective or I like to journal and uh, took me a long time, but I got a pretty good habit of that now. I used to get in ruts with it and give it up, but now I can do it pretty consistently. And that didn't happen until we downscaled our things and took a minimalist lifestyle. So yeah, habits like that and just time to think and reflect, I've all been able to implement since we've had a simpler lifestyle.
1: And there's no doubt that I'm thinking we moved further away from people and the people that are really important to us hear and see us, hear from us and see us more than ever, because we're able to say that relationship is valuable. And the people that we do care about, we continue these relationships, we nurture them, we nurture our own relationship. I feel like we are getting to know each other as a couple, as a married couple, you know, so much better than we we were able to live in that life because we didn't place value in making sure that that was good. I'm also thinking we we took up things together, like playing tennis and riding our bikes together and we were talking about the cleaning earlier. Our goal is to get the cleaning done as fast as we can on the weekend so that we can get out and ride our bikes or go play tennis or go go near the water and walk Betty or whatever it is. We keep talking about the clutter, the physical things, but there's a lot of mental clutter. And once you're able to sort of clear that, you're able to see what is super important in your life.
0: You just said what I was thinking absolutely perfectly, Shannon, and that is that mental clutter is distracting, right? It steals our attention away from the worthy stuff, the worthy thoughts, the worthy tasks, the worthy ways we want to spend our free time. Yes, I hear that. It rings true for me and my life. And so I need to ask for any listeners who are listening right now and they are thinking to themselves, hmm, maybe minimalism could be a tool for me in my toolbox as a means of increasing or improving, I guess would be a better word, as a means of improving my overall well-being." What first steps would you have for them? How should they go about... Embracing a minimalist lifestyle, would you tell them to sell their business, sell their house, move to the coast in a 500 square foot house?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I
0: think, I think there's, I think there's, of course, there's different
1: people. I am someone who, when I started learning about the toxic chemicals in our house, I got rid of everything. When we stopped eating meat, oh, I got rid of all of it. I don't ease into things, but I think most people probably need to ease into things, but we just have a declutter challenge and it's mixed with the things. It's mixed with, you know, throwing out the expired things in your cabinets and working your way through your house, but it's also the m- mental clutter. You know, don't say yes <laughs> for a whole day. If it's something you don't want to do, don't say yes to it. I was a yes person committing to everything, and. It's just little tiny tasks that build a habit when you work on it a little at a time.
2: To add too, it wasn't just physical things. We one day, day 12 or whatever, get rid of 12 things. We go, get rid of 12 people from your phone ledger and your smartphone that you don't talk to anymore. So it was stuff like that too, like digital things. So that I think... Think provides a good foundation. Maybe if you can go through that first, just to get the basic clutter out of the way, then you can focus in on the more day to day things, not just the stuff stuffed in drawers, but the stuff that's out there and go, okay, well, that has sentimental value. That stays, that we haven't used much, but it's a good way to start with the 31 day and then move on to the bigger things.
1: I think also really important is implementing a gratitude practice. If you can just start your day with, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the fact that you're breathing, but if you can start your day and end your day with something that you're grateful for, I think it will help sort of start focusing on, okay, you know what, that is really important. And I guarantee you, well, I don't want to guarantee, but I think most people, if they have a gratitude practice, they're not going to start being grateful for the physical things that
0: they have in their home. Yeah, that's accurate. What I hear you both saying is that, first of all, Shannon, I am a zero to Oprah person just like you. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You listen to the podcast, so you know it's true. Yes, I am that person who will sell everything and move to the coast in a little house. But the rest of the world, I realize, is not like you and me. And so it does makes sense to start slower. It doesn't make sense to me, but it likely makes sense to the rest of the world. And I just want to say, too, building off of Jerry's point that little habit shifts, little lifestyle changes, especially when it comes to minimalism, will snowball. So you're going to feel some benefits and you're going to say, oh, I'm feeling this great after doing this tiny little habit change. That's going to be your intrinsic motivation to keep going. Yeah.
2: and You're going to have probably go through little peaks and valleys, but you're going to hit certain days where that feels really good. And then you're going to go, and then let's you'll go rolling into some other things. Definitely you'll find some momentum at certain points. And there's something to be said for momentum. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to give this one to you. Tell my listeners where... They can find you both online. And what do you do online? Tell us all of that.
2: Well, we're at Arnerventures.com. I'd say the main the main vehicle for that is our Instagram, Arner Ventures on Instagram. So that is the best place to to follow us, and that's probably the place to follow us.
1: I would say our blog, what we try to do is to Put information out into the world of how we and you can experience life without the stuff. The priority for us is putting out there to show people how you can experience life to the fullest and have a life that you look back on and say, wow, I really experienced everything that, that I wanted to and it had nothing to do with the stuff. And so, yeah, that's mainly what our, all the content we create, whether it's our blog or social media, it's really to put that, that goodness, positive message into the world.
0: Okay. So this is usually the time when I wrap up, but I have to ask you, I'm sure there are listeners who are listening right now and are saying minimalism is elitist. Minimalism is for people who can afford to quit their jobs and sell their companies and move to the coast and this and that. And that's not for me because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, uh, minimalism is just not accessible for me. Do either of you have any words for them? I definitely
1: do. I, I, let, let me just break it down because we're being authentic here. We almost gave that business away. And I'm very open about this because yeah, you say, I sold my business and they go, oh, they're set. No, we basically were trying to come out of making our last payroll taxes and all of that stuff. And I will also make sure that I put out there that, yes, Arner Ventures and we partner with brands that make sense to us and it does cost to run a blog and we that is my full-time business and Jerry's part-time. All we want to do is to pay our bills. We want to pay our bills and we want to be able to feed ourselves and Betty and stash a little bit away for retirement and savings. We're not, we're, I will say that we are not people who do not struggle and did not struggle. Whenever we struggle now and we say, gosh, we've got this big vet bill with Betty or we've got a car repair coming up it's not an easy thing to just throw money at. We go, okay, thankfully we're living this lifestyle that we weren't spending a bunch of money and getting into a bunch of more debt like we used to be. Now, okay, let's put it together and do that. But I would disagree if someone is saying it's an elitist lifestyle. That is far from the truth. I will tell you that we are happier with less and that is financially and that is materialistically.
0: Well, Shannon, in your response, you did mention that you are indeed happier with less. You're happier leaving it all behind, and your well-being has improved as a result. So I think that is the perfect place to leave it. You both have given me, and I'm sure my listeners as well, so much motivation to perhaps look a little more critically at the stuff and look a little bit more affectionately or lovingly towards simple living. So I want to thank you both so much. I wish you both such success. Listeners, that's a wrap. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 319. Quick shout out to the dozen or so of you who have recently left the show a review, a podcast review in the last week or so. I read them all and I appreciate you so much for taking the time to support the show in that way. I will see you on Thursday. Reach out if you need me and see you then.